And today I want to talk to you about something very important. Remember, we started, when we started revisiting uh, this theme, we, we started looking at an incredible prayer in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, known as the Jabez Prayer. And we started speaking about different aspects of the Jabez Prayer that impact us today in the New Covenant. And so one of the things we spoke about that was significant about Jabez seeing answers to his prayer was that he prayed from his heart. It was sincere and it was genuine. And so today I want to speak to you about something that is really, really important, something that's very close to my heart because I've had to live this out and walk it out in many different dimensions. I want to talk to you about guarding the imaginations of your heart. Guarding the imaginations of your heart. Now, don't forget, if you do have version, you can go to the version Bible app, follow the prompts on the screen, and you can follow us. We have all the teaching scriptures and an outline there, and you can take your own notes um, should you want to do that. Now, today I want to talk to you from this context, and you just need to give me some time to build on it. But let's look at a couple of things about our heart in the Bible that are really important to understand. Number one, you can write this down. God wants you to guard your heart. Okay? God wants you to guard your heart. God is not religious. God is relational. Amen? You can't experience God on a religious basis. You can only experience God on a relationship basis. That's why Jesus came, and that's why Jesus died on the cross, so that we could have relationship with God. Amen. And I want you to know because of Christ this morning, that relationship is unhindered and unbroken. It's based on our relationship, which is made by the righteousness of God, which we have in Christ today. It does not matter what you did yesterday or what you did this past week. What matters is what you're doing this morning, that you come boldly into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Look at the person next to you say, God loves you this morning. So in other words, you can be free in God's presence and you can learn to flow with what God is doing. And that's what relationship is all about. In other words, it means that as I rest in Him, I can stay in step with Him. And when I stay in step with Him, listen, my heart is being protected. And it's very important because have a look at Proverbs 4 verse 20. And you're going to see this verse in a little bit of a different light this morning. I hope by revelation of the word of God as the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. Look what he says in verse 20. My son, relationship, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst or in the center of your heart. Underline the word heart there. For they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. Listen, how do you receive life and health to your flesh? You guard the word that's in your heart. It's conditional in that sense. And so then it says, verse 23, keep your heart, guard your heart, look after your heart with all diligence for out of it, out of what? Out of your heart spring the issues or the boundaries or the limitations of life. You are only limited 
by the amount of God and God's word that you guard in your heart. Or we could say unlimited. Because how many know God is never limited? What we do is we put limits on God. And we don't need to because God is the God of the impossible. Now, with that in mind, remember this. You and I don't have to work or earn anything that God has made available to us in Christ. All we've got to do is step into it. But listen, we have to cultivate it and cooperate with God in it. I've got to cooperate with God and what he's doing in my life. And the way we do that is by cultivating his word in our heart. Now, go study this word in the, in the Hebrew, and you'll see just now when we talk about what does the Bible mean when it speaks about heart, there are different contexts of the heart and what the writer is speaking about when he uses the word heart. It can mean your spirit, the real you. It can mean your spirit and your soul, which is your mind, will, or emotions. Or it can be speaking about the real center of your heart, which is your imaginations. So when the writer of Proverbs wrote this, he was not saying, God, your spirit and your soul. Indirectly he was, but he was saying, God, the imagination of your heart. For out of it flow the issues. From it spring life and health. So you've got to remember this morning, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says in the Amplified, we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. Say, I am a work of art. I know you don't always feel like it. You don't always look like it. You're not the perfect person. But how you know, as far as God concerns, is concerned, you are. You are absolutely perfect this morning. All right, you are a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used. Say, I'm ready to be used for good works, which God prepared beforehand, taking paths which he set so we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. So as I delight in the Lord, as I respond to God's faithfulness and to God's ways, guess what? I step into those good works which he's already planned for me. So it's so important today to pay attention or incline your ears to the word of the Lord. In other words, this means I learn to open and close my senses to the right things. How do I guard the imagination of my heart? I guard what I look at. I guard what I think. I guard what I speak. I guard what I touch. And I guard what I say. Because the entrance to my soul, to my mind, my will, and emotions is through my five physical senses. But you're going to see today, the imagination of your heart can also see. It can also have thoughts. And they are the thoughts that influence what I become and who I become. Look at the person next to you say, you look amazing this morning. Come on, even if they don't, just tell them. Speak life. Can you say amen? What? So look at verse 21. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst, in the center of your heart. The word heart in the Hebrew is the word labab. It actually means the center of, the main part of, the inner part 
of the mind, the will, the heart, and the understanding. It's when we understand how imagination works before God and we cultivate the right things that will produce not just the good things, but the perfect things. How many of you know today medicine is good? I know there's controversy in the church, like, well, is medicine from God or the devil? Well, how many of you know God wants to get healing to you? And he'll do it any way he can. And how many of you know medicine is good because medicine can help us to be healthier today? Now, I know there's, there's a whole discussion around what good medicine and bad. I'm not, let's not get technical. Let's not a talk about medicine, okay? But in general, how many of you have discovered this as you grow older? And I'm not old by any means, but I know a few old people. Hey, William, we know a few old people. This is what happens. The doctor says, take this medication. It'll really help you with this. And you're like, okay, I'm all for that. I want to feel better. So you start taking that tablet. I mean, a few months and years go by, and then you start having something else happen. And he says, no, 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 listen, you've got to take this tablet because this tablet will neutralize the side effects of that tablet, which is helping you so that this tablet can work better and help you with that other tablet. How you know, now you're on the treadmill. But listen to what the Bible says. Now, that's good because if it can prolong your life and give you a, a good quality of life and a bed, that's fantastic. But I want you to know God has a better way. He says when you guard the imaginations of your heart, when you renew your mind to the word, then out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. You'll produce life and health, which is not just good, it's perfect. That's why the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above comes from the Father of light. That's why it says, I might grow old on the outside, but my new man, my spirit man, is being renewed every day. I might look a little bit flabby here and there. My hair might be going gray. Some of my teeth might be falling out. I might be getting old on the outside. My chest has become my drawers. And I have a chest of drawers. Um, but yeah, on the in, you should see me on the inside. Thor see nothing yet. So every time I go to God, he lifts me up. Every time I come before Jesus, he elevates me. Think about it. You can't come to Jesus and not get lifted. You can't come before God's presence and not get elevated and strengthened because that is God's nature and God's character. And so God's best for every believer is for you and I to become more like Christ every day. But how many you know it's a journey? None of us are there yet. None of us get 10 out of 10. We're all on this journey together growing in the word. But here's the key today. God needs you to guard your heart. What does Proverbs 4 say? God you guard your heart with diligence. You see, God's not going to do that for you. He requires you to do it. He's given you a will. He's given you the ability to say yes and no to things. And he needs you to exercise that. Just look at the person next to you and say no. Say no to the next piece of chocolate cake. And make sure you leave it for me. 
<laughs> all right, so we've got to guard our heart with all diligence. Number two, God wants you to guard your heart. Why? Why is it important that you and I, as believers, exercise our will when it comes to God in our, our heart? Here's the answer. Because our human nature always craves things that we don't have. God needs us to guard our heart because he understands in our human nature, we always want things we don't have. And that's just the reality. Have, do you remember Paul the Apostle, the great apostle who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? Look what he says in Romans 7 verse 15. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. And what I hate to do, that I end up doing. Verse 18, he goes on. He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, no good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform it, how to perform what is good, I cannot find. For the good that I will to do, I don't do, but the evil I will not to do, I practice. Verse 22, he says, listen, he he starts to clarify. He says, for I delight in the law of God according to my inward man. Your inward man, the real you that got saved, always longs to serve God, always longs to delight in the word, always longs to do the right thing. And it's for that reason you've got to guard your heart. But listen, not just guard your heart, guard the imagination of your heart. How do you know that takes it a little bit deeper? How many of you ever watched a child playing with a toy? Now, he's in his, in his bedroom with his friends, and all the toys are available except that one toy that he just got for his birthday. That's his toy. Until they want to play with the other toy. Then suddenly, no, 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 I want the other toy. Oh, God, kids are like that. Well, grown-ups are no different. We're exactly the same. We get what we think we've trusted and wanted all our lives. When we get it, guess what? It brings a sense of dissatisfaction because we realize it doesn't fulfill us because it's just the natural things. And so what he's saying is, listen, you've got to delight after the Lord and it's a decision you make. It's a quality decision that you and I have to make every day and reinforce. Look at Galatians 2 verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in what? In the Son of the living God. So you see, here I was walking around for years in my life saying, God, when are you going to take this sinful nature from me? Lord, when are you going to deliver me? I'm not. You've got to reckon yourself dead indeed to sin. That's a completely different thing. Because how many you know, the sin nature, the sinful flesh won't get removed until Jesus Christ comes back. And then we shall all be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That's why it says you've got to keep renewing your mind until Jesus comes. Because we are all believing to the saving of the soul. It's a future tense thing. But it's an ongoing thing that we can live. And the more I live and guard my heart and protect my imagination, the more of God I'll see here on this earth while I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. Have a look at Galatians chapter 6. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Hallelujah. Galatians 6 verse 5, it says, and let me just say this, you're hearing a much better version of this teaching. 
because I gave it last week in the second service, prompted by the Holy Spirit, and then I was so mad with myself, because I'm like, I didn't study it properly. Anyway, you guys are getting the best version. Hallelujah. Look at the person next to you, so I'm so blessed. <laughs> Galatians 6, 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. So, you know, this takes the heart a little bit de- deeper. It says your heart can have thoughts, and your heart can have imaginations, and it's those imaginations that God wants you and I to learn to God. And the word God doesn't just mean keep something out, it means develop the right thing in. It's, a, it's both happening at the same time. Now, God, God's word always brings life, and it brings life going in through the five physical senses and then starts to develop what's in our imaginations. That's why don't let the world's thoughts steal God's thoughts from you. When God gives you a creative idea, when God sows something into your spirit in the word, when God drops something into your heart that's of him and of his spirit, that's your rhema word, that's your living word, you've got to guard that word. You've got to look after it. If you start reasoning it with your mind, if you start letting it be contaminated, what everyone else says can or can't happen, guess what? You're letting the world steal God's thoughts from you. And that's why it's important. Now, think about this. It goes on in verses uh, 6 of Galatians, uh, Genesis 6. We won't turn there. It says this. Actually, God was sorry that he created man. God was sorry that he created man. And so he destroyed man except Noah. And you know what verse 8 says? But Noah. Say, but Noah. But Noah found grace in the sight of God. What did he find? Grace. In the Old Testament, God found grace. What was that grace based on? The righteousness of God. Listen, it only takes one man to stand up and say, I'm going to be the one who trusts God. I'm going to be the one that guards my heart. I'm going to be the one that allows my imagination to be contaminated with God. And I'm not going to let the world steal it. But Noah found grace in the sight of God. And you know what today? You found grace because you're in Jesus. You are righteous today because of what Jesus has done. And because we are righteous, listen, God liked what he saw in Noah. And he likes what he sees in you this morning because you're born again. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. And God looks at you and he says, you are highly favored and you are deeply loved. You're a champion this morning. You are ready to be used by God. You are that one that God will use to turn your community, to turn your family, to turn your situation. Come on, church, give him praise if you're going to give him praise. All right, so number three, let's just quickly look you probably got an inkling already, but what is the heart speaking about in the Bible? What does the word heart mean in the Bible? Well, John 14, 1, Jesus made this statement. Let not your heart be troubled. Who must not let their heart be troubled? You must do it. How do you do it? By applying God's word, by believing what God says, but you need to do it. You need to not let your heart be troubled. The word heart there is the word cardia. It's not the word spirit, which is ruach or pneuma in the Greek. 
So he's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about your heart, your cardia, which actually refers to the imaginations of your heart. Let not your imagination be troubled. Let not what you're seeing on the inside, what you're believing on the inside, be troubled. Why? You believe in God, believe also in me. What causes your imagination not to be troubled? Believe who God says you are. Believe what God says about you. Believe what, when God said he'll do it, he will do it. I love what Ben shared today. There might be a trial. There might be a suffering. There might be a while where you go through something. But listen, hold fast to your word. Hold fast to your belief. Hold fast to your faith because God always has the last say when you don't let go of your faith. Can you say amen? Look at the person next say, God is not finished with me yet. So, by looking at the context of Scripture, by reading what's before and what's after, by going a little bit deeper, you can discover and you can decide, okay, the word heart is speaking about the spirit and the soul. The word heart is speaking just about my imagination. Or the, why, why do we need to know that? Because it gives us clarity about what God wants us to do with His Word. And specifically today, you'll see that how many of you know you are a spirit, You have a soul and you live in a body. And it needs to be given that priority for your heart to prosper. Turn it to Ephesians 1 verse 17. And let's read it in the NIV. And you know this verse very well, but look what it it says to us. In regards to this. Ephesians 1 verse 17 and 18. I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Look at the next line. I pray that the eyes of your heart. What are the eyes of your heart? Your imagination. So yes, he's saying this. I pray that that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, that you may know him better. What does revelation bring? It brings a, a better knowing of Christ. Where? In your imagination, in the real you, in the part of you where it refers to here, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called and the riches of the glorious inheritance in his holy people. Where is it? In his holy people. You have an inheritance. You see, that's where true wisdom lives. God brings his wisdom from within you. He brings it within your heart. Have a look at the life of Solomon. Why did Solomon get wisdom? Because when he had the opportunity, he prayed from his heart. He said, God, he knew God could give him riches because he saw his dad was wealthy. He knew his God could do whatever he wanted. But in that moment, Solomon prayed from his heart and he said, God, give me wisdom to rule your people. What did God say? Not only will I give you wisdom, but that wisdom, listen, that wisdom will produce five things in your life. It will produce length of days, riches, honor, pleasure, and peace. You see, when you allow the wisdom of God to flow out of your heart, out of your imagination, out of the real you, you know what it will produce? It will produce length of days. It will produce riches. It will produce honor. It will produce pleasure. And it will produce peace. That's why the best diet you can go on is eat whatever you want. Whatever you want. Guided by your spirit. 
<laughs> Such wisdom. Have the piece of chocolate cake. Don't have the second piece. It's always the second piece that does the, does the damage. And let me just give you my personal piece of wisdom. Don't eat anything green unless it's avocado. That rules out broccoli, spinach, cabbage. Yeah. All that stuff my wife feeds me, that's good for me. Now I'm only playing. Scrap the last part online, ignore what I just said. No, you see, when you allow the spirit of wisdom and understanding to flow out of your heart, you'll make wise decisions. And you know what? It'll produce long life, it'll produce honor. It'll produce riches. If you go back and you see where, where you messed up, where things didn't go well, if you go back, you'll evaluate this. You didn't make wise decisions. But when you guard the imagination of your heart, when you start to process things, man and I have learned this over the years, and we're not there yet. We, we make mistakes. But don't make decisions if you haven't listened to your heart. Let God's peace rule. In your heart. Let God speak to your spirit man. Let God give you the green light, the yellow light, or the red light. And when you start to respond in that wisdom, God starts to give you. Listen, it's in your heart. In your imagination of your heart, God begins to speak vision. God begins to show you things. God begins to create the things. You see, long before this building was here, we saw it in the spirit. I walked past here when this was still a hardware store. And I used to buy, I used to buy bolts and nuts from a counter that was right here. And they used to go fetch those bolts and nuts from a bunch of shelves that was right here. And it was very untidy, very dusty, and very dirty. But guess what? When the time was right. I walked past here one day and I looked at this place differently. It had been closed down and I looked through the window and I'm like, wow, I see a church. No pillars. Our previous church had pillars. I used to have to preach like this. So long before we sat here with chairs and carpets and lights, there was a dirty old hardware. But in our spirit, we saw in our imagination, what God was going to do. And guess what? Six months later, we signed the dotted line and the building now belongs to you and me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Have a look at Genesis 2 verse 7. The first time this word yatsa, which is that Hebrew word cardia, the Hebrew word for the Greek word cardio or imagination is used is Genesis 2 verse 7 and it's in relation to God. In verse 7 it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. You know what that f word formed there is? It's the word imagination. God saw you in his imagination. And you know what that, form, that word formed means? It means to squeeze into shape, to mold into a form related to a determined frame or purpose. Wow. Before you were born, God saw you 
in the imagination of your heart. And then he spoke you into existence. That's what David says. Can you say amen? There's another scripture that speaks about in Hebrews 11 verse 3. It says, how be it that God framed the world by the words that he spoke. Framed the world. You frame your world by what you allow into the imagination of your heart. Can I ask you a question today? What are you seeing in your spirit? What are you allowing to form in your heart? Which brings me to the fourth one. Realize today, your imaginations shape your reality. You see, I've got to tap into what God wants for my life, and then I've got to shape it in my imagination before I'll see it. And what happens to many of us, we get the picture, but we never respond to it. So we don't guard our heart. We think guarding our heart means keeping ugly things out. Yes, it does, because they are the weeds that will choke the seed. But listen, you can't just keep the bad out. You've got to develop the good. My garden grows because I water it. Well, Mandy waters it, fertilizes it, keeps the weeds out, nurtures the soil, protects that soil until that thing begins to blossom. You've got to do the same with the imagination of our heart. We've got to nurture and develop the thing God's placed in there or else it'll be stillborn. Look at Luke 6 verse 43 and 45. It says, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth Good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Can I ask you something? What are you treasuring up in your pantry? What are you putting into your pantry? That's your responsibility, not God's. And when you do your responsibility, I promise you, God will do his. So what, what treasure are you storing up? Genesis 8, verse 21 and 22. We're nearly there. There's no built an altar to the Lord. Listen to this. After the floods had come and the land had started to rise and the, and the water started to subside, and now Noah was able to come out of the ark, it says there Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Listen to this. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. What is that? Worship. You see, when we worship God from our heart, when we honor God from our heart, it becomes a sweet-smelling aroma. Now look at the next line. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I've done, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. When you worship God and you tell him of the wonderfulness of Jesus, when you celebrate the righteousness of God, when you believe who God says about you, you are worshiping him and it's a sweet-smelling aroma and you're protecting what God has deposited in your heart. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you. Say your best is ahead for you. You see, the imagination of your heart is like you're the movie producer. And when you've produced your movie, it's going to come out. And when it comes out, it's going to play out what you produced on the inside. So start to see yourself the way God sees you. That's my fifth point. 
What you see inside really matters because your imagination is beginning to create what you see with the eye in your heart, what you think in the thoughts of your heart, you begin to create it. That's why Jesus said this. When a man looks on a woman to lust after her in his heart, in his imagination, it's as if he's already done it. Why? Because if he keeps developing that, it won't be long before he acts it out in the natural. So what are you storing up in the imagination of your heart? Have a look at this incredible uh, story in Genesis 13. Remember the story of Abram? And the Lord said to Abram, from verse 40, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes, say lift up your eyes, now and look for the place where you are, north, south, east, west, for the land which you see, I give it to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So if a man could number the dust of the earth, then the descendants also could be numbered. Arise, say arise. Walk the land, its length and its width. For I have given it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent, went to dwell in Terebinth, the trees of Mamre, by the Terebinth tree of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and the Lord, and sorry, and he built an altar here to the Lord. Let me ask a question. Did Abraham go walk through the land? No, he didn't. He went and set his tent. So why did God so go walk through the land? Breadth, length, height. Why? Because he wanted him to see it in his spirit. He was showing him, see it in your imagination. All this land, I've given it to you and your descendants. And wherever you put your feet, I've given it to you in the imagination of your heart. What are you seeing in your heart today begins to be what you will begin to experience. Now listen, you can take this to its extreme and it can become ungodly or you can keep it within the context and balance of scripture. Let God give you the desires of your heart and then he will give you the desires of your heart. Develop what God wants you to develop on the inside, you'll begin to experience on the outside. So just in closing this morning, I want to help you to take some steps in the last minute and a half I have. Taking steps to guard your heart. Here are some steps you can take today. Number one, appreciate what you have in Christ. You know what, people? We start to take so many things for granted. Appreciate what you have in your life. Appreciate the people. You know. I want to just say to you today, Mandy and myself, appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your sincerity. To our online people who, who are faithful every week, thank you for, for being who you are. Let's appreciate what we have this morning. We can become so distracted by what we don't have that it robs us of what we do have. And so start today. If you go read the rest of Proverbs 4, you'll see verse 24, 25, and 26 give you the four keys that you and I can take to guard our heart. I don't have time to go into all of them. But I want to say to you today, be thankful for who you are in Christ. Spend time in His presence regularly and cultivate your God-given vision. When you pray out of your heart, it will come to pass. Can you say amen? God will do things you thought Impossible. Number two, the second thing you can do today is start filling your heart with faith pictures. In that area where, you, where you're coming short, where you're trusting God, where you haven't seen the breakthrough, start to develop the image. Start to show and, and, and develop the treasure on the inside of you. See yourself successful. 
See yourself in a prosperous marriage. See your partner coming to church. Man, Pastor Joshua had said something to me so powerful last year when we had dinner with him. He said, Larry, don't look at where your children are. Speak to the Spirit. Speak life to them. Because I was at a place where I was discouraged and I wasn't seeing things. He said, stop looking at what you see and start speaking life over them. Whenever I see them now, I look at them and I say, man, you're a mighty man of God. I see you serving God. You know what? Suddenly we were speaking to one of our sons. He's like, no, I've gone back to church. I'm, I'm starting to serve again. I'm like, wow, you didn't even tell us. But we changed our confession. We changed what we were seeing. We started to speak life. That's for someone this morning. Speak life over your partner. Speak life over your children. Even if it doesn't look like anything's happening, let God in on it. Amen? He always has the final say this morning. My time's up. Number three, start this week. Practice guarding what's in your heart. Amen? Start building those God-given pictures. Right now, I want you to do this. Please don't think of a pink elephant. No, don't think of a pink elephant. Now, don't. What did you all just do? Exactly. You see, sometimes we try and not have the wrong thoughts. And we're so hard trying to... No, no. Listen, forget about the wrong thoughts. Start cultivating the right ones. That's an active mind. A passive mind just lets anything fall in it. I love what Kenneth Hagin used to say. You can't stop the birds from flying over your head but you can't stop them from building a nest in your hair. Amen? So be active. And then number four, I'll close with this this morning. Start praying your own Jabez prayer. And if that's the Jabez prayer because that's in your heart, that's fantastic. But start praying from your heart. Start praying your own prayers. Let me tell you today, God is a big God. He's not limited. He's not offended when you ask him for big things. He's not offended when you ask him for little things. Can you say amen? But begin to cultivate what's in your heart and start to ask God. I want to say to you, church, God has done amazing things these last 15 years in our church. And it's because we're a great team. But he's not finished. Can you say amen? We're not settling here. We're not building our our temple and our altar and saying, okay, thanks God, we're just going to try and maintain this. No, no. We are launching into new territory. We are pressing into new areas. We are reaching out into new people. We want to be ready for the next thing God's going to do. Can you say amen? Amen. In the next 15 years, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Hallelujah. Pray your own Jabez prayer this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I believe God has spoken to our hearts today. I believe he's, he's broken something off us and he's, and he's shown something new in us, something fresh. Where I looked at my own life when, when I was listening to this message by Joseph Prince and God started to just deal with me again where I realized I kind of started to limit myself, kind of started to just accept the, the status quo. No, don't be complacent. God is not finished with you yet. God's not finished with your marriage. God's not finished with your children. God's not finished with that dream he put in your heart that hasn't yet been cultivated. Now, this message spoke to your heart this morning. And you say, today, I'm going to start practicing guarding my heart. This week, I'm going to go in and start building faith 
pictures. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy that says, I can't, I'll never make it, I'll never measure up, we'll never get through this. We will. While we're here, we'll keep trusting God. If that's you this morning that spoke to your heart, would you just quietly raise your hand and just acknowledge that I want to pray with you and for you. Hands going up everywhere. Every head bowed, every close. This is just a personal moment with you and God, and we're just going to pray together. Father, thank you. I see wives coming back to church. I see husbands getting saved. I see children coming into church and serving. I see new worshipers. I see new youth pastors. I see new business people rising up, Father, because you are building your church. And I pray for every person here today. Lord, I pray that you shatter and break off those things we might have cultivated that shouldn't be there. And give us a fresh start. Like David said, breathe a fresh breath. Put a fresh wind into the sails of our heart so we can begin to serve you again. Now, while every head is bowed, every closed, if you're not born again, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe you're watching online today and there's a tugging on your heart right now. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. We would love nothing more than to pray with you before we go today. So if that's you in the auditorium, wherever you are, you want to say, man, I want to rededicate my life. I want to give my life to Christ. If you're watching online, just acknowledge, just respond from your heart. We'll pray with you now. But if you're here in the auditorium, would you just raise your hand wherever you are? Just say, yes, today I want to leave you knowing that I'm right with God, that I'm born again, that I'm washed in the blood, we would love to pray with you and for you. Right, if you're online, then just pray this with me now. Say, Father God, I believe today. Come on, let's do it together, church. Let's pray with the online audience. Say, Father, I believe today Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for my sin, that you raised him from the dead so that I could be saved. I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come live in my heart. Thank you for saving me. If you pray that prayer online, please send us a WhatsApp or an email. We'd love to get hold of you. We'd love to send you a Bible and a book that'll help you to understand the decision you've made. God bless you. We love and appreciate you. Amen. You can stand to your feet. Thank you so much for being in our first service. Next week when you come back, our chairs will be back to normal. Our offerings will be back to normal, and uh, to celebrate that, we're going to have communion, and we're going to watch, Pastor Joshua is going to bring us a word in season, so come bring your friends, it's going to be great, but for today, our our leaders are there with the offering buckets, if you want to sow your finances, or you want to give to our car guard fund, if you want to know anything about our church, go to the info bar, and we'd love to see you online at half past six this Thursday for our Bible study and communion. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.